The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. All right, we are back with another episode. I believe this is episode number eight uh, of Shooting. And joining me as always is the premier Joey K and the hot one Jay Minacho, and I am the lean, mean trivia machine DDJ. Guys, uh, before I ask how you're doing, let, let's 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 play that title that everybody loves. Here we go. I just like it. I just gotta have a reason to play the beep every once in a while. So, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I start piling on the investment money. All righty, we are back with another episode of uh, this wonderful show we like to... uh, do a little shooting on. Uh, as always, I am one of your three hosts, the Lean Mean Trivia Machine, DDJ. And joining me, as always, is, are my uh, partners in crime, my co-host, my whatever, wacky sidekick, whatever you want to call them, the premier Joey K and the hot one, Jay Minacho. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening on this very fine Monday night? Well, first of all, DDJ, thank you very little for that rousing introduction that you bestowed upon us. But let me be very clear tonight. I found something has been missing from our show, something that I have to dig up from the past. So, for episode eight, I think it's going to be the return of the one and only, the premier Joey K, the one that you love to hate but can't live without, number one in your hearts. I'm here, I'm back. Number one, all right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Keep playing with your toys, buddy. Anyway, I think it's time to go full heel tonight. So if you don't like what I say, I don't really care. If you do like what I say, I still don't care. Let what me if we know. don't care what you say? Hey, I'll say what I want. I do what I want when I want and how All right, I Cartman. want. All right, Cartman. This is it. Let's go. Hot one. Tell me how you're feeling tonight. Not Episode that he cares. eight. And the premiere returns to hate. Ladies and gentlemen, as you already know, for the eighth time, I am the Skywalker Shoot Talker, Skywalker Shoot Talker, Shoot Talker, Skywalker, either way you want it. I am the hot one. Read it down there. Along with these fine fellas, we are going to talk some shoot. We're going to shit some shoot. We're going to have a good time. Thank you for being with us on this eighth time. If you kept coming back after we had fun in Philadelphia, I know sometimes we lose people there and we don't always talk about what happens in Filthy. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go. All right. So uh, as of this recording, Monday Night Raw has just ended, and the finals are set for both the King of the Ring tournament as well as the Queen's Crown tournament. So, uh, gentlemen, I'm going to uh, ask you, who are you picking to w- Who wins the King of the Ring and who wins the Queen's Crown? And for those of you who may have not been, have not followed this tournament, first off, I don't really blame you because I think they've both been booked pretty crappy, um, especially the women's tournament. 
Uh, in the uh, King of the Ring final, we now have Xavier Woods going up against Finn Balor. And in the finals of the Queen's Crown Tournament, we have Zelina Vega going up against Dewdrop. So uh, let's start with the uh, let's start with the Queen's Crown, gentlemen. We've got uh, Dewdrop versus Zelina Vega. Who do you got? Uh, Jay, why don't you lead us off? You know what? I want to go and say, listen to the episode where we first talked about this tournament. I'm staying with my picks. I'm going Zelina Vega. Uh, Joey? Uh, give me one second. Hold on. Um, yeah, I was just finishing up scheduling my root canal because that's more interesting than anything we're talking about right now. So you I don't have care. three minutes to watch a woman's match? I could care less. No, I actually don't um, because it's on and I don't even realize it's on and then it's over and I don't know what I missed. So thanks WWE for not having, you know, more than a three minute match, but still I just don't care. I really don't care about this tournament. I haven't cared about the setup. I haven't actually even watched raw to be honest with you because I can watch a five minute highlight package. But since you named the finalists for the queen's crown, uh, which I had no idea was actually happening tonight. Um, yeah, Selena Vega. Because if Dewdrop wins, um, it's an embarrassment because they made her change her name to something so stupid and ridiculous that it's not even, it, it's embarrassing. Whoever came with that, up with that should be like taken outside and put down like a rabid animal. Ridiculous. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. But I probably should shouldn't say this because I'm hating on it so much. It's probably going to be a decent match because uh, Piper Niven. I, I'm sorry, I refuse to call her Dewdrop. Um, she's fantastic, and as is Selena Vega. So two great talents, and I hope they get to display more than two minutes and fifty seconds of a match. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... Maybe they should take whoever uh, booked this tournament, this writing team, and they should put them out. I know we were talking about before we start recording about uh, the, net, the the hottest thing on Netflix right now, Squid Games. Maybe they should uh, put these writers in uh, their own version or something. But uh, down for that. Me too. I, I, that might be something actually to watch. But uh, going my pick, I, I originally, when this uh, tournament started and the brackets were released, I picked Shayna Baszler to win, win the Queen's Crown. Unfortunately, she lost tonight. Boo. But uh, with the last two, I mean, I, I really think this this been at this point in time, it benefits Zelina more to have this than uh, Dewdrop. So yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, Zelina Vega, fine, where she finally gets some sort of you know like push, recognition, whatever, some time because she's long overdue and way too talented to not be you know to be on the back burner anymore. I think this is her time to shine and I think she's going to take full advantage of it. So it's unanimous across the board. Uh, it's going to be, uh, looks like Zelina Vega is going to be uh, your uh, queen's crown winner. Now again, on the men's side, we have Xavier Woods going up against Finn Balor and what should actually be a very good match. I, I think the one thing, if there's one good thing that come out of this tournament is that Xavier Woods is finally getting a chance to showcase what he can really do in the ring because he really hasn't had that much of an opportunity. He had a great match with Ricochet last week on Raw, and uh, I expect nothing less from uh, him. Uh, then he had a really good match with uh, uh, Jinder Mahal this week as well, and I expect nothing less uh, when he goes up against uh, Finn Balor coming up on uh, Thursday at, at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. 
I started. I stated again from the beginning. Xavier Woods is my pick. Was my pick to win the King of the Ring, and I have no reason to think otherwise. I'm still going with Xavier Woods. Uh, uh, Joey, what do you got? I think Xavier Woods should win, but no one deserves to see that because everybody has slept on Xavier Woods as the weakest link of the New Day for a long, long time, and to see him finally get his shine and his moment. And his time to be the face, people don't deserve that because they slept on him too long. But that's who will win. And it probably will be a great match because, again, two very, very great talents in the ring that never get enough time and never get showcased. Okay. Joey K still coming out with the villainous heat tonight. I'm loving it. I'm digging it. I'm feeling the energy. But I'm going to have to say this, and it's not that I don't think the fans don't deserve it. I'm scared of how the Saudi prince is booking this show. Because to me, I know Devitt was way over, and that's Finn Balor. I, I don't want it to feel like we had this big buildup for, you know, Woods to go over, and then out of nowhere, it gets pulled from underneath them because they're a bigger, bigger fan of Finn Balor. Um. Can I see it? Yes, because Finn Balor's demon is amazing. Finn Balor himself is amazing. Do I want Woods? My heart of hearts says yes, but there's a creeping suspicion that Saudi might pull something weird, and we'll see Finn Balor win this one. I was thinking Saudi might pull – if the Saudis had their way – You'd probably see someone like Yokozuna win because you know, didn't they? Uh, I remember when one of the first shows happened, he actually asked for Yokozuna, not knowing that Yokozuna passed away like almost twenty years ago. Yeah, asked for a lot of wrestlers who passed away over twenty years ago too. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, for Daniel Bryan and CM Punk too. So you know, you can't always yeah. do what you want. <laughs> unless you're uh, unless you're an AE, unless you watch AEW. So, but uh. Speaking of AEW, uh, they had a great weekend of action on uh, on uh, the on Rampage, including that awesome hour buy-in show that they had. It had a couple really good matches, one of which might possibly be a match of the year candidate. And then you also had uh, uh, the great show on a Saturday night with Dynamite. And I know in our uh, little chat that we have for the show. I believe it was you, Joey K, that said Brian Danielson said since he's his short time in AEW, he's already been in two of your favorite matches of the year so far. And that'll be something we'll discuss in a future episode. But uh what we talk about, like, you know, we talk about Daniel Bryan, we talk or excuse me, Brian Danielson, we talk about CM Punk, you know, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, and stuff. And I mean, just AEW has uh had a lot of new faces showing up and a lot, you know, a lot of familiar plate plate faces coming up uh, down to uh, AEW. And it, 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 this was a really good question that was brought up in the chat with, with all of these signings that have been happening. Uh, is it spoiling the fans too much? Uh, Jay, you thought of this question. So why don't you lead us off? So I'm going to say yes to the point of now, AEW fans, we're expecting a big surprise every special show we get. Winter is coming. We expect a big debut. The show before All Out, we're expecting a big debut. Arthur Ashe, we're expecting a big debut. Maybe we need to cool it. Some of the debuts, we kind of heard the rumblings. We knew what was coming, so we were able to get hyped up. We were able to get 
you know, adequately excited, sell enough tickets for the venue so we know what's coming. We know we have to be there, be loud. But it's not normal. It's not commonplace. Top-tier wrestlers are not going to get released at the rate that they were during the beginning of the pandemic, during the word the beginning of this year. People's contracts are going to start to expire, and they're not going to come directly to AEW. There's people that I know that when their contract gets out, I would love to see them in other places. New Japan, Impact, you know. I think a big one is Adam Shear, I guess his name is. Formerly yeah, known Braun, as Braun, Braun the former Braun Strowman. I mean, he might be impact bound. He he doesn't have to come to AEW. So I think we are a little overdone. We are a little over uh, saturated with some of the big type names that are coming over. Um, maybe we, you know, the first big name that doesn't come to AEW is kind of going to hurt, I think, the fan base a little bit. But we need to be ready for that because Buddy Murphy, not really a big name, you know, in JPW and possibly impact. But maybe if Strowman goes to Impact and over AEW, might be the one that might hurt a little bit. But get ready. We're not going to get everybody. Come on. Don't don't fool yourselves. Yeah, that's, I, I'm going to piggyback on that and say that, yeah, it's it's a bit it's a, it's 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 definitely spoiled the fans. And it's kind of like they're almost at a point where it's like they're going to set the bar so impossibly high that it's just going to get to a point where just not, there's not going to be, you know, any nothing will be good enough because the bar has been set so high. I mean, you can you can keep going and going and going, but eventually there's going to come a point where, like, the the best pole vaulter, there is gonna, there's going to be a point where the, he, he's not, the, he or she is not going to be able to, you know, clear that pole, you know, and it's just I think we're kind of getting at that point with AEW for the reasons you just mentioned. And you mentioned, you know, Adam Shearer, the former Braun Strowman. You mentioned Buddy Matthews, the funny, the former Buddy Murphy. Uh, we have uh, the Inspiration, formerly known as the Iconics, who are, de- are going to be debuting this weekend at uh, Bound for Glory, actually in a uh, in a tag t- in a match for the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Uh, Perfect you- place for them because AEW ab- doesn't have a women's tag team division. Absolutely, and I've been ca- I've been saying when they were released, I called Jay. You can back me up on this. I said that that's where they should go. I think that would be the best place for them. Yep. One thing that we didn't, we that has not been mentioned yet is uh, the former Bray Wyatt, you know, where he winds up and stuff. I mean, there's also rumors that he might be going to uh, Impact as well, you know. But honestly, at this point in time, I think AEW has a good enough roster. Like, they don't need anyone else at this time. In fact, I think they're kind of starting to get a little bit, a little to the point point where they're I think they may be a little like you said oversaturated you know and they're going to start having these guys while I think they had the best of intentions when they signed everybody they just they're simply going to get to a point if they keep this up where they're not going to have you know enough time to showcase everybody and that and you can only do so much on dark and elevation and you know you only have right now you only have three hours of tv time every week on tnt and that so yeah so i definitely think that we us that us and you know the rest of the AEW fan base is definitely being spoiled with all of these signings and i think it's maybe it's a little bit of a t- chance time now to, for them to put the kibosh on this and just let, let let's see what we got with this roster and go from there uh joey what do you got i'm gonna speak directly to the big man himself tk bubby slow it down a little bit Slow it down. 
we have two of the biggest, most beloved names in professional wrestling of the past 20 years debut within two weeks of each other. You have three hours of television. And no, I don't care about elevation. I don't care about dark. It's the equivalent of, you know, Saturday morning wrestling in the early 1990s. I, I don't like I don't care. It, it is what it is. Um, you have three hours of television time. And you have stacked this roster. First of all, thank you for stacking that roster. You brought in some of the best talent. You brought in the people that that the true wrestling fans want to see. You give them a platform to do what they do best. But I don't want to sit there and constantly, oh, who's coming through? Who's coming through the curtain next? Whose music's going to hit? What graphic am I going to see? Who am I going to get excited for? It takes away from the product in the ring, first of all. When you're waiting for the next big thing to hit, uh, no pun intended there, you know, it takes away from what is being, you know, told in the ring, the story that that's really draws us all there. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example of that. When Punk debuted on Rampage, it was pretty much everybody was just expecting it. Can you imagine the letdown that would have happened if he didn't show up that night? That, that place would have United Center would have burned to the ground. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, when Adam Cole's contract was up and it became known, he did not sign with WWE. He's, he's contract free. No, no 90 day clause, no 60 or 30 day in there. He can do what he wants. It was expected and waited for all night for the debut at All Out. Am I correct? You guys were there. You tell me. It Was that the yep. general vibe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people were expecting him. They didn't expect the, well, people expected Brian. He was the more of the surprise shock. Right. I, I but think, I think uh just with the whole thing with uh, All Out, I think I think honestly, I think Adam Cole was a bigger surprise in terms of, you know, the debuts between him and Danielson because it had pretty much been leaked or, it told, you know, it had been pretty much broadcast online that they were moving his debut up to All Out instead of Arthur Ashe, which was the original plan because I think they were unsure with everything going on with COVID. So I think Danielson was expected, but I think the way they did it that night was really great because nobody, I think, expected Cole and they figured, okay, we're not going to get Danielson and Cole. Maybe we'll get Dan. And then, you know, like I said, five minutes after Cole debuts, you know, we get Danielson. So, right. But uh, yeah, Which, so I think it was a little bit. I think Danielson was, or Cole was the bigger surprise that night, but it was still great to get them both. Sorry, Joey, go on. No, it's all right. It, the bigger surprise of the two, but were you really surprised? We knew they're coming. No. Everybody knew. They, everybody's been talking about it, right? Yeah. So fast forward. We got Ruby, which again, another expected debut. Um, and the list goes on with AEW. So what I'm getting at here is the fans are almost getting to the point where it's just like, who's next? And I'll, I said this last week, I'll say it again. A lot of people don't get what CM Punk's doing right now. And I think part of it is the blame of, well, what's the next thing? We got Punk. We got Punk giving promos. We got Punk uh, in a wrestling ring. 
He's had multiple matches, matches on television. Um, we got all that. So not to say the love story is over, but I think you have a lot of fans or at least a rising contingent of fans that are just, okay, on to the next one. What are we going to get next instead of seeing where all this goes? And I'm I'm in that boat of let's see where this goes. Do you realize that we can build to see CM Punk versus Brian Danielson and probably a match that we would never, ever, ever have in WWE, but we can get that now? And this mm-hmm. is the last hurrah for that. Let's be let's be real. Yeah. I mean, not to mention there's a lot of homegrown talent that doesn't get that airtime anymore. When people are just, it's the next debut. It's the next hot thing. It's the next big signing. It's the next take it, take a jab at WWE. Like you know, come on, use your talent. Use the three hours of TV time you have. Keep building the stars. Don't give up on them. Bring in you have you have amazing talent. Bring them up and let them work with some of the homegrown talent. And, and that's what one thing I love about Punk. Everybody who Punk's face so far has gotten over in their matches. They got their stuff in. They look good. They look good taking a loss. Tell me tell me who out of Garcia, Hobbs, Darby Allen, and uh, wait, is that it? Just three? Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel. That's no, the, Seidel. the last one. Tell me tell me who looked bad against CM Punk. I, they're, they're, everybody looked good. They, they yeah. Ex- looked bad. Exactly. So I appreciate that punk's doing what punk came to do. Like I, I really do. I think, I think it's great. Um, not to say Seidel's a younger talent. I mean, they've been, they've been around the same amount of time, but at the he's same time, like, he's yeah, he, he doesn't age. Um, and thank God he didn't die from the, that, uh, top rope botch. Damn at, you. Nakazawa. Uh, whoo. Yep. Yeah. Lubed up those ropes real nice and tried to kill somebody. Um, but you know, like he made everybody look good. And that's what some of the older talent forgets in other companies that you have to make the next generation look good. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's get away from this whole who's coming out of the curtain next. Let's play with the storylines we have. You have long-term storytelling, and there's another question here that plays into long-term storytelling. So let's get let's, it rolling. Let's say hey, great segue into that. Uh, I'm a professional yeah. DDJ. I'm a professional. <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, it's still great. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. <clears throat> we'll get so. you there, baby. We'll get you. Okay, all right, I trust you. So uh, I think what uh, Joey K was allude- alluding to was is we had a uh, – obviously last week on Dynamite, uh, we had the return of one hangman, Adam Page, as he was the joker in the uh, casino ladder match and uh, grabbed the poker chip to uh, – to become the next challenger for Kenny Omega. And it was announced a few days later that uh, he will be cashing in that chip on Kenny Omega coming up uh, at full gear. And uh, Hangman Page came out and cut a hell of a promo. Probably, well, I shouldn't say probably, easily the best promo he's done since he's been in AEW. And uh, I be- that begs the question, after his promo on Dynamite, do you believe in Hangman Page? Um, I'm going to say absolutely. I mean, I, what, I mean, I like Hangman Page. Like for a while, I didn't get what people saw in him and stuff. He did, it just, it did, he did, it wasn't appealing to me, but man, after that promo he cut, 
I'm I'm in on Hangman Page, and I totally believe in him. I definitely know the crowd is behind him. Um, I mean, cowboy shit is is like a big thing. I mean, and who'd have thunk that that would ever become a popular chant at a wrestling show? But absolutely, uh, he sold me. I think. He, you know, I was there when he wrestled uh, Chris Jericho for the AEW title at All Out 2019, and I love how he alluded to that, you know, that he thought he was ready, but he wasn't, and, you know, it humbled him, and then going through the stuff with Kenny, you know, and then he even alluded to being on the hottest run of his career, you know, and then taking time away to be there for the birth of his baby boy, and congratulations to uh, Hangman and his wife on, you know, the birth of their, their son and stuff. But he's definitely back. He's definitely picking up right where he left off with uh, Kenny Omega. And honestly, I think full year, I th- I'm i not sure if I want to say that this is the right move, but that's going to be for another topic. But it would not surprise me to see Hangman Page leave full year as the AEW champion. So, yeah, I definitely believe in him. I think he is he is a main eventer now, and he is going to be a main eventer for a while uh, what say you, uh, Hot One? This is a story they've been building since the inception of AEW. Let's not forget, when the debut reveal, AEW, AEW, Hangman Page's phone said double or nothing. He's the one who had the difference on the phone. He's the one who, you know, all these guys are EVPs, but what about Hangman? He was there in the beginning. He was part of the group with the phones outside the Tokyo Dome. Yep. Um, Hangman, first ever two-time Joker. He got the first chance against Chris Jericho by winning another Casino Battle Royale. Yes, he did. And his whole tag teaming with Kenny Omega, breaking up with the Elite, the issues with the Dark Order, the issues with the drinking. He has one of the most complete story arcs in all of AEW. The only person that's got one that rivals him is Jungle Boy. So, after that promo, I'm in. I'm in. Anybody right now, if you ask me who's the one to take the belt off of Omega, it has to be Hangman Page. The story makes sense. The build is almost two years in the making. It's time. All right. Joey, what do you got? Uh, the answer to this question is yes and no. Well, first of all, yes, because I've always believed in Hangman Page. I felt that a big part of AEW was built around Hangman Page. And just like Javon told us just now, he was the one who got the message of double or nothing. He's not sitting there playing EVP in the background and in charge of this in charge of that. He was the younger talent out of the whole group that can have a singles run, that can carry a title. So to me, he was the guy that was brought in as this is this is going to be, when we look back on AEW in 25 years, 30 years from now, and we go, yeah, Hangman was the guy. He, he, was, he was the guy. And that's not a knock on Kenny. Kenny's still the premier talent, PWI 500, you know, number, number one, one again. Um, so that's not a knock on Kenny, but for Kenny's established Kenny made his bones in Japan he's been around the world and has carried the title and has been number one for a long time so he came in as a legit start Chris Jericho came in 
the AEW signing as Chris freaking Jericho. Everybody knows who he is. When you bring in Chris Jericho, you you know you're bringing in top level talent. But Hangman was the young guy that they brought in. That you look at him, he looks good. He moves well in the ring. He's only gotten better over the years. Yep. Um, he's got a great little gimmick. I, I I I love it. I love the the cowboy shit. I always have. I'm fact uh, the first AEW show in Philly. I got that shirt that says has Hangman Page and says Cowboy Shit on it. I have that upstairs. So uh, I've always believed in Hangman, and that's just you know how it's going to be. However, uh, does he win the title? No, absolutely not. He's not going to win the title. He's not going to dethrone Kenny Omega. He's not the guy to right now. Can, you, I, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling me that at the event that is named after basically Hangman Adam Page, he can't win the belt on his pay-per-view. Correct. That is correct. All right. There's no there's no universe where that happens. Full gear. Gonna happen whatsoever. So I just I just don't see it happening yet. There's too much story to tell with Kenny. There's too much story going on with the super elite and trying to keep the title on Kenny at this point. Um, and I, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. You really are going heel tonight. I see you. you hey, know what? It's not, it's not heel. What we just talked about. This is long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. This is from the inception of AEW until now, but right now we're at, we're at the tipping point where this thing could go up way high or it could just be as MJF says, mid that's it. So you build more you continue to build and there are too many other let's be real tony khan is into dream booking and that type of stuff again another topic we'll touch on soon enough but um he is not the guy to do it right now there are too many amazing matches that the fans want with kenny where's kenny versus danielson too for the title that's a big one um when do we get a super elite breakup? Because eventually Adam Cole's not going to be the mid card guy to Kenny Omega's top star. Am I wrong? No, nope. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, but the other one too, CM Punk, everybody yep. wants to see CM Punk. And there've been a lot of people who for a long time would love, oh, I'd love to see Kenny versus punk. I'd love to see Kenny versus punk. And we can get that. We can have that now. So there's more story to tell with the talent that's out there with Kenny and hangman won't lose anything over. If he loses hangman, he doesn't, his stock doesn't go down. The best thing about his promo was his mic work finally caught up with how his ring work is going. The thing about that promo, there was so much passion that came through it. I love the energy. I love the passion. I love what he said. I love that. Just, beautiful realism that he brought into it 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 did everything for me but it also makes me want to see him lose because i don't want to see that guy who just came back hot passionate ready to go what, what do you do you, you turn around you come back you win the title now you're the champ and now everybody's gunning for you yeah but you're not the hungry guy who's digging out for a win you see what i'm saying that's where hangman is succeeding he's the guy that Man, he's right there. He's on that 
that second to last rung of the ladder ready to go, and he gets knocked down two steps. And I don't want to make Hangman Tommy Dreamer. Fair point. Good point. Fair point. Well, I mean, I haven't heard uh, Hangman talk about Ric Flair's dick, so I mean, I can't say <laughs> I can't say that he's going to be Tommy Dreamer. But uh, you know, I, I get the point though. He'll be the guy. He'll be the guy. But I think there's just more story to tell with Kenny, and I don't think that's going anywhere. That's not going to change. All right. Good stuff. I, I like that. I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm gonna do something I don't do often. I'm gonna agree with Joey K on that. Oh, look who's coming to the dark side. We have juice and cookies. Let's go. Yes, I'm in. <laughs> All right. And uh, another great segue by uh, by the premier Joey K, because uh, there's all this talk about, you know, Kenny Omega wrestling and impact. We're seeing guys like Minoru Suzuki coming to uh, coming to AEW. We've seen, you know, we see the Good Brothers week in and week out on Dynamite, you know, and it's all because of the Forbidden Portal, the Forbidden Door. We've seen guys like Kenta. We've seen, you know, we see Christian Cage currently the uh, Impact uh, Champion and stuff. So there's so many people out there that have, we have not seen cross into or enter into the Forbidden Portal. So, gentlemen, I ask you. Who do you want to enter the Forbidden Portal? And uh, Joey K, let's lead off with you on this one. Mm, who do I want to see? If you've got a couple, name them. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't think any of us can really sit back and just say one. I mm. think everybody has a couple answers here. So I'm, I'm going to hit just a, a couple randos off the top of my head here. Uh, number one. Saturday night. Number one, exactly. <laughs> That's why we're recording on Monday night. Anyway, uh, number one on that list is probably Will Ospreay. I would love to see Will Ospreay, especially since he's primarily wrestling um, on Strong in the U.S. right now. Uh, Justin Philly over this past weekend. Um, that's a guy who has come up. And, I mean, can you see Will Ospreay walking in with – one of the two new Japan world titles uh, and challenging Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. That would be unbelievably amazing. Uh, another pick again, staying with new Japan. Um, and since we've gotten so much great things out of new Japan, somebody who already dipped his toe right through that little portal one time, um, Jeff Cobb, who is currently uh, my lock for the G1. I think he's going to beat Okada. Is he still unbeaten? He is still unbeaten. He has tied the record for most points in G1 uh, modern history, yep. meaning since 2011 when they upped it to 20 competitors. And if he even goes to a draw with Okada, he That's will break the record for points. Wow. So um, this is not a match. It's going to be a beast. <laughs> it uh, i'm i'm gonna, probably gonna try to wake up super early for that one uh wednesday morning however um cobb has, they finally gave him a good push in new japan he's always been great uh he was amazing in ring of honor he's been amazing everywhere he's gone um but He's another one. He he did step in. Had a one night only shot with AEW. Enough to get his own theme music. Ironically, however, yeah, did, 
did not sign. He wanted to stay a free agent. He was still working Ring of Honor at New Japan. Then he has gone on to sign exclusively with New Japan. However, uh, that's that's a guy who I'd love to see. And then uh, probably last, just off shooting off the top of my head out of anybody right now, uh, Jonathan Gresham. Uh, I would pay a, a ridiculous amounts of money to see Gresham versus Danielson, Gresham oh, versus Punk, Gresham versus Cole, Gresham versus Kenny. Basically, anybody on the AEW roster who's in the top 10 to 15, uh, even more. I, I could care less. Put, put him in there against, you know, uh, not a slight on him because I think the kid's unbelievably talented, but a new signing like Lee Moriarty. I'd love to see those two go at it again. Um, that would be phenomenal. I, I just think there's a, there's an opportunity for what New Japan's doing right now um, and how their style is. I would just love to see some of the uh, Ring of or excuse me, Ring of Honor and New Japan rosters come in and uh, just show up and get to show off what a lot of the world still doesn't see. Unfortunately, you know, some of these talents put, put in uh, Carl Fredericks from new, new Japan strong. I mean, that's a guy who, who you could have on a mid card in AEW and get really over it. Just, it's a perfect spot. You could go anywhere up and down the roster of new Japan or ring of honor and find someone. Jay, what do you got? Joey K with the heat, man. A lot of fantastic freaking picks right there. I, I, I really love Jeff Cobb. I would love to see him come back in a in a real role, not just as a heater. Uh, I don't want to double him, so I'll go with some different ones. I want to see the gorillas. I need Ooh. G.O.D. That was going to be one of mine. I mm. need G.O.D. somehow, somewhere. Uh, even if it's not a full-on invasion, I just need them somewhere. If it's on impact with Jay White one night, that'll be enough for me. That's all I want. I just want to see them appear. Um, surprised that Joey K didn't say it. I would love to see Tony Deppin just pop he, up. He's on my list. Any of these shows, just Tony Deppin to show up. And one that we have a chance of have happening, because I think he's currently a free agent. Filthy Tom Lawler, man. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good one. I That's want Tommy to pop up somewhere. And I'll hey, give you it's the land of factions. Let's just bring in Team Filthy. Yeah. Let's just let's just have a, a Team Filthy just go off and do their thing. That would be amazing. Team Filthy versus Violence Unlimited. I'm down. Woo-hoo. I'm down. Please. And uh last but not least. I, I I still the mark in me wants to see Okada Omega. God, you stole two of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, DDJ. The perils are going last. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> so no, those are some good ones. So I'm gonna go with uh, one that I'm really surprised that I did not hear, and it's not even a male. I'm gonna go with a female right off the bat. I'm going to go with the uh, current reigning Impact Knockouts champion, Deanna Perrazzo. Mm, yes. I would. I mean, we've seen her on uh, the NWA uh, women's pay-per-view where she had uh, just a great, great match on there and just unbelievable and just really great to see what she can do. 
And she's obviously she's going up against Mickey James, who is stepping into the portal uh, this coming week. You know, at a uh, uh, Bound for Glory. But I want to see I want to see her go title for title or champion versus champion with Doctor Britt Baker DMD. I think that would be a phenomenal match. You stole a couple of mine with the Gorillas as well as with Okada. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to go the way of uh, MLW. And this is someone who I've given love to in the past when we talked about dream matches. Dude, give me the former MLW World Heavyweight Champion, the Samoan Savage, Jacob Fatu. Oh, mm. on my list. I mean, if you just imagine him showing up, like I said, to, to, you know, just in, you know, AEW or just anywhere, Impact, New Japan. I mean, there's just so many possibilities because Jacob Fatu is just a really unique talent that can, he can, he can fly, he can brawl, he can, you know, wrestle. I mean, he can do just about anything with anyone. And like, I'd love to see, you know, you want one of the guys that uh, was mentioned, I'd love to see Jacob Fatu and Jeff Cobb go at it. I would love to. I would love to see, you know, Jacob Fatu, you know, I mentioned him go, you know, possibly doing something with Roman Reigns down the line. I've, I mean, just see, I wish. Yeah. See Jacob Fatu just, I, I just think there's just the possibilities are endless. And I'm trying to think of one more person who we really, there's just again, there's just that, that's the great thing about this whole forbidden portal concept is that anybody can show up anywhere at any time, and it's just it's it's, it's just such a great time to be a, a wrestling fan. And you know, I, I, I would love to, you, you know, I'm trying to think, I'm just trying to think of a really good one here. I've got and, one. All right, who do you got? Maybe that might spark something, Nick Aldis. We could get we yeah that that's actually a really good one. Nick Aldis, you can see you finally get Nick versus Cody three. You can see Nick Aldis versus Kenny Omega. Um, I mean, there's just so many possibilities and stuff. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think here. Think 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 think. DDJ is looking at all the merch on the walls. Who I'm trying to look at all my autographs on here just to see if I can find a name that I can that can pop somebody. Y- you know, uh, it's just there's so many possibilities and stuff. Like that, um, you know what? I, I just, I want to, I just, I just want to see good wrestling, and it's just with all these possibilities with the, the forbidden portal. I just, I just am just in awe of what we're gonna see and what what we've seen and what we're going to see, and I just, I just want to see, I just want to see everybody succeed. You know what? That's a great sentiment, but let me give you something real quick on rapid fire. All right, shoot. Minoru Suzuki, does this feel like a farewell tour? Man. I, I, my mind says yes, my heart says no, but that's because I don't want that ride to end yet. And I'm just going to be real with you. Um, It's actually started to surprise me at how many shows he is showing up at in the U.S. right now. From he was just in Philly, New Japan, strong uh, GCW. Um, Dickinson just called him out for blood sport. Um, 
He's going to be debuting in Impact uh, after Bound for Glory. He he's debuting in Impact. <laughs> he is hitting everywhere except WWE. This is it for his time in the U.S. right now. And I almost feel I I got that vibe. I don't like that vibe at all because I mean that's you when you talk about the great heels of New Japan in the past twenty years, if Suzuki. And his faction Suzuki Goon is not at the top of your list. I don't know. I don't know what you've been watching because that is the the the, the heel name that's synonymous with with New Japan. Um, it does feel like it though. I can't say it doesn't. It, it's it bothers me. I don't want it, but if he rides off into the sunset, he's gonna ride off as one badass man from Japan. I, I I can't put him over enough. He's amazing. Yep. That's great. All right. So hold on. You didn't answer. You didn't answer, Junior. Give it to me. All right. You know what? This is one I'm throwing out there because I think he could have some, do some really good stuff with a lot of guys in AEW. I'm going to go with the guy who's going to be challenging Christian Cage for the uh, Impact World Championship at Bound for Glory. I'd love to see Josh Alexander cross the Forbidden Portal. Uh, I like that one. That's I think one. I, I I would love this just him versus Brian Danielson, him versus Punk, him I want versus him and Page. Yeah, I was gonna say he was gonna beat oh. Page. You know, you that, know, I mean that they have a built-in story right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just I, I just think that that one actually just popped in my head. I'll go with Josh Alexander. I mean, again, and also another one I just thought of. I'd love to see. I, t- I mentioned Jacob Fatu from MLW. The guy that beat him for the MLW championship. I'd love to see Hammerstone there. You know, I mean, I would love to see Hammerstone show up. Maybe like, you know, MJF has had enough of Wardlow, you know, and kicks Wardlow to the curb and he brings in Hammerstone, you know, to reunite the, the dynasty and, uh-huh. uh, you know, AEW. Could you, could you imagine MJF in AEW with Hammerstone backing him up? Yeah. And you know what? Hell, while you're at it, bring mm. in Richard Holiday. Bring re- reunite the dynasty in a- AEW. That would work. Yeah, that they could take that. out the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. M- MJF is, is tired of carrying the pinnacle. It's over and done with, and it's time to move on. And it's time to bring back his old friends. Wipe the slate clean. They clear out the pinnacle, and now the dynasty starts running AEW. Yep. Yeah, MJF, the AirPod God, Richard Holiday, and your boy, your boy Hammerstone. Mm-hmm. Dang. All righty then. So we've got a couple more topics here to go with, and uh, it is time for our fit one of our, our favorite weekly segments here. That would be under over, underrated, overrated. Yes, I know. I said under over. Whatever. It's late. I'm tired. And stuff. So the the topic this week, uh, because we're in the process of uh, crowning the king new the new king of the ring and the new queen's crown winner. Uh, let's we're gonna go with uh, this weekend uh, underrated overrated. We're gonna talk about tournaments. So we're gonna give a tournament that we feel is underrated and a tournament that we feel is overrated. And I mean, there aren't really a lot. And I mean, you know what, Jake? This was your 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 brainchild here. 
So kind of go, we'll give us a little bit of a background, give the audience a little bit of our listeners, you know, our viewers, those of you who are listening and watching this, thank you so much. We uh, really appreciate it. So, but Jay, why don't you give a little bit of a backstory on how you came up with this and what kind of went into your mind when uh, deciding to, that this is what we're going to discuss on underrated, overrated. Fantastic. It's easy to look into, guys. We're in tournament season. King of the Ring, Queen's Crown, um, going. The all you know, NJPW does the Super Juniors. We're also getting close to Feast or Famine. Bound for Glory used to be a tournament format. So just kind of got me thinking what tournaments, you know, that we had in wrestling were legitimate. Which ones were good, which ones were bad, um, which ones started out with good intentions and maybe no longer mean anything. <laughs> I got a good one for that. So I'll start us off. But yeah, I think um, I'll start us off. Underrated or overrated? Let's go. Let's do underrated first. All right. All right. Let's do under and I'll start off by saying the G1. (laughs) The G1. The G1 tournament, for as long as it is, the amount of talent that's always in it, and I think the reason that it might be underrated is the time slot that it it has for the U.S. audience. doesn't get a lot of eyes here, but it's severely underrated. All right. Uh, Jay, what do you got? Or Joey, what do you got? Excuse me. Well, um, that was on my my honorable mention list. And basically because... The G1 in the U.S., you know, we're used to this TV formatted version of tournaments where we're going to have an opening round this week. And then, you know, next week will be the next round. And then all the way we have to wait till a pay-per-view to get the final or whatever. Um, that's been a, a longstanding like the TV setup for for current day tournaments. The G1, yeah. what most people don't realize is how ridiculous it is. it's week in, week, it's week out. Uh, two blocks, and like I said, since I believe 2011, when they upped it to 20 competitors, two blocks, 10 men in each block, and everyone has to wrestle each other. It's not single elimination. It's point-based. So basically, you have to wrestle nine other men and have the best winning percentage to get points out of the entire tournament to get to the finals, and the block winners face each other and get a title shot. And what I also love is you are then forced to defend said title shot until Wrestle Kingdom hits in January. So absolutely underrated tournament. Um, Second honorable mention, and I hope this steps on DDJ's toes because it'll make me laugh. Um, The Lethal Lottery. We're going to go back in time a little bit. I think it was a great concept but super, super underrated. Something that ran in WCW for only a few years, only had one actual pay-per-view dedicated to it uh, of, uh, was it Battle Bowl? Was that, is yeah. that correct? Yep. They did it and a couple of a couple years prior as well, too. Correct, yes. They did and, it at uh, a Slamboree as well. I think it was 96. Exactly, exactly. So um, the concept is great. Your entire roster is open selecting tag teams at random you could get two guys who are in a storyline 
feuding. You could get two uh, tag team partners facing off against each other on different teams. Uh, you have, what, eight matches throughout the night, and then it ends with a battle royale over the top uh, battle royale to get one winner who wins the entire bowl, which is awesome. The only downside is you get a ring. It would have been much more cooler if there was a championship belt involved right. and you would be the past winner, so you would get an automatic buy-in to the battle, whatever. But anyway, that's all secondary booking from 1992 for me. Uh, my top pick, though, has to be, hands down, since its return, uh, thank you to COVID. This, this made it to something very, very uh, standout Ooh, to me. The Pure Wrestling Championship yeah, Tournament. From Ring of Honor, uh, a classic staple of Ring of Honor. It hasn't been around in quite a few years. They brought it back recently. It came back actually through COVID and the pandemic. And Ring of Honor taught everyone how a no fan wrestling show should be run and set up because that tournament was amazing. The commentary was perfect for it. Uh, all the competitors they had were absolutely world class. And uh, it built an entire division and it changed the face of Ring of Honor uh, as a whole. And I think it's, you know, in my opinion, Ring of Honor is making some waves with what they did. It's something different. It's something great. You can be a newer wrestling fan and like your flips and nonsense and silliness. But you can also be a classic wrestling fan who wants to see some good mat wrestling, some some good. You know, you know I want to see a lockup. Once in a while, you know, to start a match, hey, take notice, WWE, AW, give me something. Um, you know, so, and, and led by the foundation himself, Jonathan Gresham, um, winning that tournament, going through, becoming the champion. Um, such a fantastic tournament, and I think not enough praise given to it. Uh, it really, you had to get, you got really invested in it. If you watched any Ring of Honor from the Pure Tournament, man, oh man, there was some great wrestling, great matches, um, technical wrestling. It really it was such a great throwback. And uh, now the entire division, and it's still building in Ring of Honor, uh, where the division is going now with a new champion, Josh Woods. Um, I, I love it, and more people are getting involved. More, it's trust me, check it out. You will not be disappointed. It's enjoyable. Underrated Great tournament. Great pick. So so my pick for an underrated tournament, and I was kind of thinking of some, and I'm going to give uh, a couple of honorable <laughs> mentions myself. Uh, I'm going to harken back to around the same era that Joey K was talking about with the whole battle thing. I'm going to go with, uh, I believe this was 92. Uh, WCW did a tournament they called the King of Cable. Yes. And I mean, it had some just provided some great matches. I mean, you had like Sting versus Flying Brian Pillman in a first round match. I believe yet, you, you know, Sting had Russell Root in one of the many great matches they would have in the semifinals. And Sting had arguably the, the, the out of the many matches he had with Vader, this was a lot of people say this was the best one those two had. I mean, you also, I believe, like, guys like Ricky Steamboat was in the tournament as well, and it was just a great underrated tournament with a lot of talent that's it, that's either in or should be in the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to go with that one. And then you talk about the G1 and just the tournament system based around that. 
I really thought that the tournaments that uh, Impact did leading up to the Bound for Glory, the Bound for Glory series, those were really good. I mean, you had a lot of really good matches. And a lot of times there were, and, and I liked how they were able to take someone who was like, way down in the standings and then like you know it was like urgencies coming in all of a sudden this guy would go on a run yep. to uh win the tournament you know and go on to challenge for the world championship at bound for glory but the one i'm gonna go with and this is kind of along around the same time frame that the pure tournament was going uh during this whole COVID thing you know uh, it it created a challenge for a lot of people especially if you were someone who whose residence was outside of the U.S. because basically with everything going on, you were forced to quarantine for a couple weeks at a time if you were coming in or leave, coming going out of the country. And I thought AEW did a really good job with the Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament when they had the one side with the bracket for with the Japanese ladies, with uh, Hikaru Shida, who was the champion at the time, helping produce the matches and stuff. And it really gave the fa- uh, you know, us fans a look into the world of the, jo- uh, you know, the Joshi wrestling with the women, and because not a lot of people, including myself, were really we'd I'd heard of it, but I'd never really seen it in action, and we got to see a lot of talents that we maybe normally wouldn't have been exposed to, you know, like I know it was Rio Mizunami who's part of AEW, Emmy Sakura who's been with AEW on and off. Um, and then you had your, you know, on the women's side, you got to see, you know, Britt Baker, uh, Serena Deeb. Uh, I believe Riho was part of that tournament. She was making her return to the U.S. And it's just, it's just, it was a great way to build up the, help build the entire women's division up. Because this was during a period where they, I think the women's division was really still trying to find its identity in AEW. And it was still viewed as maybe one of the very few things AEW was like their, one of their weaknesses. And I think this was a huge part in turning that weakness into, I believe what I consider to be one of the stronger uh, aspects of AEW is their women's division now, because I think they've really improved uh, immensely. And this tournament was a big reason why. So when we're talking underrated tournaments. I think this women's world title eliminator tournament should be up there. And uh, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to let anyone steal my overrated, I'm going I'm going first on this. I'm just going <laughs> to concentrate. The single most overrated tournament ever and done in the world of professional wrestling was the Brawl for All tournament. <laughs> what an unmitigated disaster that was. And anybody who's watched the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode about the Brawl for All tournament can really attest to it because that was – and I think it was – it was all born as a result of Vince Russo wanting someone to kick JBL's ass. I mean, really, that that's that's why you're gonna sit there and put this kind of tournament together. And you know, in this tournament, I know there were a lot of really bad injuries that came as a result of this. It basically ruined the career of Bart Gunn. Dr. Death Steve Williams was never the same after this tournament. That quad you know, tear, right? What that's what's yeah. Um, and then he was knocked out by Bart Gunn. I believe the Godfather mm-hmm. tore up his ankle really badly mm-hmm. and yep. stuff. And it's just, it, it's just, it was something that they wanted to try to maybe compete with like the USC and to show that their talent was, were legit tough guys, but God, this, it was just, it, it's just, I, I, I would think if, if we could go back in time to that night when this tournament was conceived, 
and could stop it, I, I think maybe the world might be a better place. Uh, uh, Joey, what do you got for your overrated? As much as I can love and appreciate the brawl for all, because that is very high on the list. Um, I think the glaring shining gem sitting on top of that pile of turds is the king of the ring tournament. It has to be the most overrated joke of a tournament anymore. You see what a lot of people probably forget or don't realize that pre king of the ring, there was only the big four pay-per-views of a year, which is your Royal rumble, your WrestleMania, your SummerSlam and your survivor series. The first pay-per-view that the then WWF introduced and became the big five was the King of the Ring pay-per-view event, which was typically held in June, um, which featured amazing matches. And I dare anyone to go back to uh, the first the first pay-per-view with Bret Hart winning King of the Ring. Uh, we also got one my of the favorite, greatest... My favorite King of the Ring pay-per-view tournament and just the tournament in general. What a um, one. The, the match he had with Mr. Perfect, it was... You could put that on AEW today and it'd be, it would hold up. It's a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, you have one of the greatest moments in WWE history, the, the birth of Austin 316 at the King of the Ring pay-per-view. However... In recent years, it became watered down. The pay-per-view ended. It's relegated to a show on, you know, a spotlight on Raw, a spotlight on SmackDown, and it has become one of the ultimate mid-card attention getters that they can probably get. It's a step above the 24-7 title, um, and it's a step below about the comical booking of the Intercontinental and the U.S. title lately. So I don't... I. I think it's just overrated. It's become something it, it that it, a shell of its former self and people, they still hype it up. Like it's some amazing big thing props to Xavier Woods for getting so hyped to win it. And you know what? That should be his shine. Give him something. I just wish it was something more put an actual singles title around his waist, you know, instead of going back to this King gimmick and he's got the crown and the Cape, although, Hey, Big shout no out for the James Brown moves tonight, though. Uh, I did see yeah. that. Like, yeah. When he's like, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then he jumps back and runs up on the stage. I mean, per- perfect. Uh, he, his character, and it, that's really him as a person. If you watch Up, Up, Down, Down or anything like that, he's he's just hilarious. He's having a good time. He's loving it. But, um, yeah, the, the King of the Ring has become... Eh, not interesting, not great, nothing good. Overrated. Man. Jay? Mine was the king of the ring. Um, you know, followed by the Brawl for All. Those are two really, really good options. The Brawl for All, which shouldn't have never happened. King of the Ring, mm-hmm. which hasn't produced anything memorable since Austin 316. Um well, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, t- timeout, t- whatever you call it. So timeout on the field, whatever. Tag me in. Okay, so I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on the fact that the King of the Ring has not produced anything meaningful since Austin 316. And I'm going to give you two uh, two words why. King Buka. Okay, okay. I got worried that you were going to say King Corbin and I would have had to quit. <laughs> 
Uh, at least I didn't say uh, King Sheamus. You know, I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna say it. My small intestine has produced better quality things than anything the King of the Ring has produced in years. Okay, and the whole King Booker gimmick. Get out of here, Booker what? T. Booker T's WWE run for the most part was just shots at WCW that he took like a champ because he was getting paid like a king. That's it. And Tell me and, he didn't just say that. <laughs> oh, I just said it, and you don't have to beat my ass in the middle of a Wegmans. I'm going to tell you straight out how it is. Booker T should have beat Triple H. They played the whole yes. race card. They played the whole gimmick. They built a feud, but they didn't give him the title. They never gave Booker T the shine, and he still shills for them because he has a deal with them, and they pay him money, and he's going to have to. And that's just how it is. But the King Booker gimmick, get out of here. That was just silly, silly nonsense. But there hasn't been a good... Yeah, I don't care about that either. I'm telling you, there hasn't been a real good king since Harley Race. Okay? That's the, the last king. name. How about... Or the Kings of Wrestling. Though that was, that was the last great kings right there. Other than that, no. Done. On to the next one. There you go. All right, Chip. All right, Jay. Sorry, I had to. I had to chime in there. That was a good one, though. Got some heat out of it. <laughs> so, all right. So, anybody got anything else to offer on this, or are we ready to move on to our last topic of the night? Crockett Cup is an overrated piece of crap. Let's go! Hey! Wow! <laughs> all righty then. On our uh, last top, our last topic of the night here. So. It was recently announced that uh, WWE was uh, going to be uh, dropping the TLC pay-per-view from its schedule. And then also with the uh, with uh, one of the matches coming up in Crown Jewel being a Hell in a Cell match for, between Seth Rollins and Edge, which a little bit of a little quick shot here. I'm, expect, I'm picking that to be my match of the uh, event for Crown Jewel. That is going to steal the show. But uh, guys, I ask you, is it time to put away TLC and Hell in a Cell matches for the time being? And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with uh, Joey uh, K on this. What do you got? Absolutely. Do you guys hear that? You hear that? That's the, that silence you hear there is the sound of all the fans clamoring to keep the TLC and Hell in a Cell match and you know Judy Bagwell on a pole gimmick matches. Let's get rid of all of them. They're tired. They're worn out. We've talked about this before. You know, gimmick matches as a whole should be saved for blow-offs, not for pay-per-views. It's it, You build a whole show around, oh, it's a Hell in a Cell match. You know, it's funny because there's a pay-per-view for Hell in a Cell every year. There's a, there's a pay-per-view for TLC. But what do we still talk about? The greatest Hell in a Cell match was one of the first few um, and that was when Mick Foley almost died flying off the top of the hell in a cell. Okay. Outside of that, name your next name, name your next top in the five. I'll give you one Shawn Michaels versus triple H from 2004. And yeah. yeah. And I was gonna say, when did that happen? 2004. So that's 17 years ago. I like taking, you know I'll give you, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a really good recent one. I think it was either 2017 or 2018. It was the New Day versus the Usos. That was a good one. The Uso Penitentiary gimmick. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I'll give you that. So, but we're we still talk about the classics. 
Yeah. About Sean Undertaker. That's a classic one. Yeah. But having a yearly tradition, as they would call it, which really isn't because guess what? A lot of the best Hell in Cell matches didn't even happen at a Hell in Cell Uh pay-per-view. Let's talk talk about Undertaker and Triple H, WrestleMania. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't Hell in the Cell. Exactly. And TLC, literally the best TLC matches involved the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian in some form or capacity. Yep. No other TLC match has ever quite lived up to that standard. There's been good ones probably out there. I can't name any off the top of my head because I don't particularly give a damn. But I will be straight with you. It's the classics. Let them die. Shut them down. They shut down the King of the Ring and turned that into a turd farm that shows up every year on Raw and SmackDown. But you know what? Let that die too. Let all this silly gimmick stuff go. Let's get back to wrestling. Let's get back to storytelling. Let's get back to storytelling in the ring. I don't need a, a 20, 30, 40, 50 foot cage. Now, I will say this. If they bring back the cage from Ready to Rumble, WCW, I'm sold on that. I'm down for the three years. <laughs> I'm good on that one. But other they than that, you. <laughs> they, they, speaking, speaking of true kings of wrestling, Jimmy right. King. Yeah. Um, Jimmy King. <laughs> No, seriously, though, uh, the gimmick stuff just has to go away. I, I, I'm actually glad they, they canceled a show that I wasn't going to watch anyway. Even though I have Peacock for free, I could care less. Uh, I'll catch highlights on Instagram when they put up little clips of the match and just go, oh, that was nice. Okay, that was good. Ooh, that was a good spot. That was a good bump. Or if I see somebody on Twitter go, oh, did you see that botch? I'll be like, I didn't, but I will soon enough. And I'll just fast forward to it. But that's about it. I, save the gimmick stuff for your big events. Give me a big booked up Hell in a Cell match that has been booked out since from the Rumble to Mania uh, between two of the top game stars. Get me interested in it. Uh, That's why Shane McMahon succeeded so much because his big matches were at Mania and things like that. And people shit on Shane McMahon. Look, everybody has their opinion of his in-ring ability, which isn't that great, but that dude will do anything. He was willing to die in those matches. Absolutely, because not a lot of people fly off the top of that cage. But if I see Mick Foley's old ass climbing up there, I know even now he's probably going to throw himself off. And if I see Shane McMahon, oh, for sure, damn well, I know he's throwing himself off. Yep. Even you if know. he has a crash pad under the table, he is getting a little older and he's got kids and stuff. So, but that's about it. Give me, give me a good build. Give me a huge mania type blow off. Go with one of the big four of the year, a blow-off at one of those matches, but don't give me the same pay-per-views every year. Every year. How, I mean, as good as the Usos and New Day were in that recent Hell in a Cell match, and I think it was like two was it two years ago. Like I remember it was the red cage, yeah, right? Four, three or four. It was it was the red, it was when the cage was red. Yeah. Which that that actually really sucked. But still, um that match as as good as that was. It's. I'd rather see two of the top name stars going at it in Hell in Cell. That's what it was really built for. Mm-hmm. Was built for those huge feuds, the huge blow off. Yep. Same with the whole like elimination chamber gimmick. That was that was set up a different way. They built this huge structure, and then it got watered down to just like, yeah, we'll just let anybody in here and do whatever they want. They want somebody who's going to do big spots and you know climb up the top and hang off and do a flip or whatever it is. Those they always have those spots in it, and then usually the champion ends up prevailing anyway. So it it lost its shine. All that stuff, bury it. 
you're from Chicago. How about we go Chicago PD style? Hang Voight, just go out to one of those abandoned warehouses, burn the body, dig a hole, drop it in. That's where those gimmick matches need to go. I I can't disagree with you there. And the whole point, I remember when I first got into wrestling, the whole point of these types of matches, like the steel cage match, the, which would eventually be you kind of evolved into the hell in a cell matches. You had, you know, Texas bull rope matches. You'd have war games. You would have, you know, last man standing, first blood. You know, you would have all of these matches back in the day. And these were the matches that ended feuds. These weren't the matches that prolonged a feud. I mean, unless something ended in a fluke or whatever, you know, but very rarely did these gimmick matches back in the day ever end with a fluke ending. These matches, a lot of times, too, you would see steel cage matches, you know, like you said, you think of uh, one that comes to mind when I think of steel cage. I think of Starcade 85, you know, uh, Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA and what I feel is the greatest cage match of all time um, and stuff. I mean, that ended that feud, you know, the culmination of, you know, the Rock and Roll Express and the Ander- uh, you know, the Andersons or the Rock and Roll Express and the Russians, I mean, were, were in the cage and stuff like these, these cage matches, you knew that was a feud. I mean, you go back to the the last battle of, in Atlanta from like 1982 with Tommy Wildfire, Fire Rich and Bu- Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. I mean, that was the blow off to the feud. And a lot of people consider that the precursor to the Hell in a Cell match because it was the first cage match to have a roof on it. I mean, and then you talk about like the, the last man stand. It's just all of these matches were meant to end the feuds and stuff. And it's just these gimmicks have become so watered down, you know, to the point where it's just like, like you said, you know, there's a Hell in a Cell pay per view that has like three matches on there. You know, you talk about TLC matches and, and everything and it's just it's like it's just like oh we're getting another tlc match yeah okay back in the day we're like as 20 years ago you know we're seeing we're getting like you know holy crap we're getting tlc2 we're gonna see uh the hardys edge and christian and the dudleys go at wrestlemania i mean that was like you know oh my god i gotta see this that 20 years ago nowadays we see it's like eh, okay whatever you know it's you know like Joey said, you know, catch the highlights or whatever and stuff. And it's just, it's, 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 it's time for these gimmick matches to be put away. But I mean, as I wouldn't say completely, they just need to be scaled back and just brought back when, it, when necessary. Time oh, out. Time out. So let me ask you guys this, both of you. Is this a professional wrestling problem or is this a WWE problem? Hmm. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say I'm gonna say it's a WWE problem, just because of the fact that AEW, you know, gets I think the concept of these because you don't really have you haven't I mean how many we've only seen what I believe like two or three cage matches in AEW since the inception you know since its inception we've had you know one blood and guts match you know we've had this the stadium stampede matches and stuff. But I mean, you're not seeing this week in and week out, you know, and stuff. I mean, we had the, the lights out, you know, match with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And it's just all of these matches like had one thing in common is that they usually meant they were the, the, like, these feuds were coming to an end, which is how these matches should be. I mean, and then you see, you know, like I know MLW has a, uh, 
what do they call it? The war chamber, which is their version of war games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and stuff, you know, and I know ring of honor, they have like ladder wars and fights without honor and stuff like that. But it's just like all of these other companies don't, it just seems like they don't use these matches just to use them. I think there's meaning behind them. So honestly, yeah, I'm going to say it's a WWE thing. I'm going to agree that it's a WWE thing because WWE, it seems like they're focused on making sure their pay-per-views have a name and the name is based off of the match. They're the only ones I feel like really does that. You look at AEW, you have Double or Nothing, Full Gear, Revolution. You look at, you know, Bound for Glory, Slammiversary with Impact. Um, They don't have their pay-per-view names after just a single match. And I think WWE kind of booked themselves into that when they made it about the match. Well, I I think, and and I'll agree with both of you because that was my take on it as well, too. It's a WWE problem. It's not a a professional wrestling problem. Um, We get gimmick matches elsewhere, but typically they are for blow-offs of feuds. Um, Glory by Adder Night 2 had the first cage match in Ring of Honor in, I think, seven years. Wow. So in first cage match they've had in seven years, and guess what? It was a huge blow off to the feud for the past almost well year and a half, two years got delayed because of COVID and everything, but the Matt Taven Vincent match, and it was the final chapter in their feud and their war. And they move on from there. Um, that's how you book a gimmick match. You know, uh, let's go back to the original concept of war games, you know, um, because you we have we have war games now in NXT, and that's become a yearly thing for NXT. Um, what are they going to do at- now without the undisputed era? That was the undisputed era games. Yep. Yeah, pr- pretty much. So we might not see war games, and they might want to distance themselves anyway with the whole NXT 2.0 gimmick. But um, look at Blood and Guts. So Blood and Guts was originally supposed to be, you know, a, a different match than what we got. But that again delayed because of COVID. Went from there, but it changed and it turned into a blow-off type match. That was a big finale to something. Um, that's the way you book it. That's how it's always been booked in the history of wrestling. When WWE started caring more about what their overnight number is and what their you know buy rate is, and they have to answer to the board of directors and the investors and all that stuff. Now you booked yourself into a corner of, uh, we have to do a whole show based on that. Yeah, you, you me, have an you have an eight you have an eight match show, and only two of them are actually the gimmick that you're talking about. Exactly, my point exactly on why these need to go, it, and it feels like it's forced with some of these gimmick matches. The women's Hell in the Cells match that felt like it was just a spot fest for what weapon will they bring out next? Oh, this is a super long kendo stick. This is five kendo sticks bound together. This is the chair with chair with chair. You're just going after big spots. Nobody really even cared about the match. Same thing with the men's who's Roman going to get in the cage. Now who's not going to be able to leave the tribal chief. He freaking opened. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where, they're using it too much. They're not caring about who they put in these matches. And, and it's hurting because money in the bank, you're doing two competitors. You know, we know who's going to win before we even start most of the time. Um, yeah, it's it feels like they're forcing it. 
and we don't we don't want to be forced. Mm-hmm. I agree. So great takes, guys. Great takes as always, and uh, uh, we're gonna kind of wrap it up here and stuff because uh, it's getting late, and we can want to get the we want to make sure this show gets out to you guys and stuff. And the sun's uh, going down, big guy. Well, the sun has been down for a few hours, my 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 way, and I'm sure it's uh, your guys' way as well too and stuff. Uh, but uh, before we give our socials and let people know how they can reach out to us and uh, you know support us by buying a t-shirt and stuff, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, my friend, uh, the voice Dave Canning, who does a really great show uh, with his two friends, uh, Ryan Crossley and uh, Nick Carpenter, called the Wrestling Nerd Broadcast, um, where they uh, talk wrestling, and they're also big uh, big into the micro brawlers, which you guys know if you're watching this on YouTube, and you can see right behind me, I have you know my collection as well, too. Uh, Dave and I have a little bet going. Uh, there's a game going on this week in the NFL featuring the uh, my Chicago Bears and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we've got a little bet going. I'm going to put a little graphic up on here and stuff. So basically what we got going on, is is my bears against his bucks and basically what is on the line is if his his bucks win i'm gonna be sending we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna send him out a shooting shit shirt and he's gonna wear it on a show and uh rep us and if my bears win he's gonna send me a wrestling nerd broadcast shirt out and i'm gonna wear it on and rep his show and stuff and guys just real quick too uh they're doing uh for the month of November. They're selling uh pink wrestling nerd broadcast shirts in support of breast can breast can breast cancer month and you know trying to raise funds for breast cancer research. Yes, uh, what Jovan's mouthing there. Uh, I'm not going to mean to repeat it, but if you're watching this on YouTube, you can get an idea of what he's mouthing. But all the proceeds for their shirts are uh, go to uh, raise uh, you know for breast cancer awareness and research. So, guys, uh, go to their store. They have one on ProWrestlingTees.com. Also, check them out uh, on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcast. They drop new episodes every Tuesday. And I just wanted to give them a shout-out because we got a little side bet going. And uh, one way or another, it's a little cross-promotion with another show to get our name out there and to get their name out there as well, too. So, anytime we can get uh, publicity or uh, more eyes on our show, it's a good thing. But, uh, guys, uh, like we're going to be showing their shirt on our show. Uh, I it's, hate it's, pretty yeah, it's pretty much a lock. Yeah, it's pretty much lock. You, you, you could good. Yeah, you could have just you could have just said we're just going to plug your show by wearing your shirt at this yeah, point. Yeah, because we, we shouldn't have put it in the hands of the Bears. I mean, hey, they beat the Bucks last year with Nick Foles as their quarterback. Our, yes. As the quarterback, and my yeah, team's I mean, going to the Super Bowl. E- 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 what's that? And my team's going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if I'm ready to say that yet. When did you become an absolute crackhead standing on the corner of 7-Eleven at 2 a.m.? Oh, because that is... the best is... of all of us. Excuse oh, me? I don't care about that, but they're not, still not going to the Super Bowl. Well, you know, hey, Jerry Jones making out with Robert Kraft in the press box. Oh! Still tongue. I mean, anything's possible nowadays. You yeah, know so. what? Since, since we're giving cheap shots, let me throw one in there, you guys. If you do follow me at the DFW chairman on Twitter, you've seen that I'm posting up information on a WrestleCard virtual con. We are going to be having on October 22nd and the 23rd from 8 to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time, a virtual convention where we're selling wrestling memorabilia, specifically cards. 
I'm going to be on Saturday night. One of my good friends, Mr. Aaron, AEW card guy, he Mr. will be Kirk on, I believe, Friday night. Give us a lookout, man. Join uh, join my uh, Twitter down there. Join us for the virtual con. It's the first annual, so we're trying to do something cool. And they'll also, the guys that are hosting this, Wrestling Card Nerds, they'll be doing free boxes and rumbles, like little breaks. So jump in if you can. Should be a lot of fun. That's great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, guys, uh, we always like to say, you know, we're always looking for topics to discuss. You know, we're always looking to get feedback on what you guys think. So, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, leave a comment, you know, like, subscribe to the show. If you're listening to this on, you know, say Apple pod, you know, Apple or Spotify or Google, you know, make sure you hit the subscribe button and, you know, turn on your notifications. So, you know, when uh, new episodes drop and that way you can listen to them right away. And as always, you know, we thank you for the support and the love and the feedback that we get, but if you got a topic, you want to reach out to me, you know, you can uh, on the screen here, you can see uh, my, my information. You can reach me on Facebook at Dennis W day junior and, you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis W. Day Jr. We'll have all the show information, you know, in the uh, episode descriptions as well as how you could reach out to us. Uh, Joey, uh, why don't you give your information? And then uh, Jay, after he gives his information, why don't you tell them how they can support the show by buying uh, some merch? The one and only the Pacific Island Playboy, the premier Joey K. With another rousing episode of Hot Takes, Hot Mics. Hot women in the background. That's what we do around here at the Plaza Palace. All right. This, this is the premiere show. I'm the A1 since day one. I get a lame introduction from DDJ. I get no backing support from the hot one down there. Oh, I'm out here. I'm out here on an island. Oh, look, he's rubbing his little fingers together. Sit That's the called product. a tiny violin, there, you big baby. And uh, before, hey, uh, no, no, no not before. Tag. There's no, there's no. I'm not hot tagging anybody. I'm not hot tagging anybody sitting in a production truck. You got a face for radio. Sit back down. I'm finishing what I'm saying here. All right. <laughs> let me let me break it down for you. You want hot takes? You want you want your suggestions to be heard? Come on in. Oh, look at this. Like he puts puts his little mask on. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. The world applauds. Hey, 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 that's my sign dark order mask there. So oh, lucky you. Cool. Hey, look at look at this. I have a rubber glove. That's about the same worth. <laughs> anyway, back to the premiere, like we should have been the whole time. You're number one over here. Hit me on Twitter at Joe <laughs> Good. Good tears of joys because he's he knows I'm finally telling it like it is. God damn it! So listen to me, Twitter at Joe Coon. Hit me up. Hit me up on Facebook. Oh. Easy to find me. I'm not hiding. I'm here. You don't like what I have to say? I don't care. Come tell me to my face. I'll let you know that I take dumps better than your opinion. And in about three minutes, when we end this broadcast, thanks for the reminder, Siri. Uh, I'll be taking another hot squirt out here just to let you know that's what I think about all your thoughts and opinions. So hey. hit me up on Twitter and let me know. Also, how about you hit up our show on Twitter, which I don't even see on the overlay, guys. I do all the work around here. I get no credit. <laughs> Look at me go. Just put, ah. you, know, you know why? You know why I had so much icy hot? Because my back hurts from carrying you two chumps. That's why. So. Follow us. 
our personal Twitters are one thing, but their show Twitter at shootin s h o o t i n s h t yes we kept it family friendly for as long as we could but now we just don't give a damn anymore that's what we're doing around here hot takes hot mics hot women and unfortunately ddj still but whatever we'll polish them up we'll clean them up don't worry we'll get them there we'll we'll get them to the other side we'll bring them across the bridge he'll come to the dark side one of these days and that's how it's going to do he can take that dark water mask he can wear it around like the gimp in pulp fiction all he wants and i don't care he can play with his toys but we're going to bring him over here he's going to be one of us whether you like it or not look he's waving his little 20 dollars piece of plastic around look at you way to go way to go is that your kid's college fun all right there, lined up on the window behind you. Unfortunate. You blame Ryan for that one. Blame Ryan for all the, that toy addiction back there. It's ridiculous. Wow. Hey, that's uh, the that's the premier Joey K. So you boys can wrap the show up however you want. Somebody get him a Kleenex down there because he's going to cry some more. And that's that. Have a great night, episode eight. I got to go take a squirt. I'll see you when I see you. Man, you know what? I've got a feeling that as soon as the cameras stop recording, he 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 probably goes. And his wife will probably say something, and he's probably like, "Yes, dear." Oh, oh, oh. says says the guy hiding in his basement right now. Get out of here! <laughs> I have to wait till everybody goes to bed to record and hide down here in my cave. Ladies no, and no, gentlemen, I, mean, I, I love. Are. I love you guys. You guys are the best. I do. You're, we're having fun. I just, I, I just think it's time to bring the premiere back. I, I think it's time to have some, some real uh, hard discussions about the world of pro wrestling and have a little bit of fun. I think we need a l- little more fire in here for some of these takes. Wake All some right. people up a little bit to what's going on in the world. All right. Uh, well, I believe uh, that's more than enough. Uh, for this episode so guys i'm kind of speechless after that i L- ladies and gentlemen i am the hot one jay minacho i'm gonna do it fast because joey's got us just rammed with just craziness this night you can follow me look on the side javon minacho on facebook on the other side at dfw chairman you can go ahead and hit the link in the show notes that gets you to our teespring shirts which is the og shooting club shirts available in black White and pink will be available as of tomorrow morning for breast cancer Ooh. awareness. We already have one shooter out there who's purchased a shirt. Whoever you are, throw a shirt. Ooh. Ooh. Throw your Ooh. photo up on Twitter. Tag the show at shooting SHT. Tag at Dennis Day JR. Tag at Joe Coon. Tag at DFW Chairman. Tag all of us. We want to see you in that shirt when you get it because we know it's coming soon. I don't even have a shirt for Christ's sake. It's it wasn't in your contract, man. <laughs> wasn't in my contract. Okay. Okay. I see how this. All right. Well, Take before... us home, Dennis. All right. Well, guys, it's, it's, you know, it's late. I know we all want to get to bed because we all got to get up in the morning for various reasons or another. So I'm just going to, I don't, I don't really think I have anything else to say, but ladies and gentlemen, this has been shooting. Helicopter away.
do not forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Follow the show on Twitter at S-H-O-O-T-I-N-S-H-T and thanks for listening.